The following is a sermon from Christ Memorial Church. We are a multi-site church in the St. Louis area. We are compelled by two words, loved and sent. We believe everyone is loved deeply by God through His Son, Jesus Christ, and everyone is sent with great purpose wherever they go. You can find out more about us at cmstl.org or reliantchurch.org. Enjoy the following sermon. How many of you have seen the movie the Wizard of Oz. Maybe the better question is, who hasn't seen the movie The Wizard of Oz? It's, uh, it's kind of an iconic film, even though it's now been around a good number of years, and it's been actually released in a couple of later editions. I refer to the first edition, but the later ones can also work. In that movie, there is kind of a culminating scene when after all has transpired, finally, Dorothy, with scorched broom in hand, and three companions, namely the cowardly lion, the scatterbrained scarecrow, and the heartless tin man, finally gain audience before Oz the Great and Powerful. You recall that scene? The smoke, it's billowing up, and the flames, they're shooting. And uh, Oz, in his great vis visage of his face, appears, uh, speaking, shouting at them, and Dorothy and her companions stand there quaking in fear. All except for one. Who was not quaking? Toto! That's right. Toto was oblivious to all the pyrotechnics. It is Toto that that uh, darts off to the side, grabs the uh, curtain, and pulls it aside only to reveal the true Oz, who was what? He was a traveling showman from a carnival show. That's all he was. It's, uh, it's a revelation that for Dorothy is crushing because what does she realize? She realizes that this this Oz has no power at all to send her back to Kansas. It's a memorable scene, and it contrasts perceived reality from genuine truth. And it's not unlike the account of the gospel reading that we have today of the rich man and Lazarus. And so I invite you for a few minutes to go with me on a journey today, a journey whereby we peek behind the curtain. <laughs> Perception can be reality. Does that little kitty picture itself to be the great lion? There was a rich man, and at his gate laid a beggar. That's how Jesus sets the context for uh, the story before us, a context that everyone can understand. For we certainly observe wealth in our community. More likely, we understand more the perspective of poverty. But more than that, we recognize the dynamics that are at work in this parable this morning. And that is, perception is reality. Specifically, as it relates to this parable. If we believe that this life 
is the sum and substance of our existence, that nothing else exists, then we will live accordingly. Do you remember how the John Lennon song, Imagine, goes? Remember that song? It goes like this. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us, only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Well, that's just what you end up with if this life is all there is. Living for today. And that, in a word, is exactly what the rich man is doing. He imagines that there's no heaven, no hell below, above him, only sky. What to do? Well, obviously, the answer is you live for the moment, which is what he does. And in a single sentence, Jesus paints the picture of this rich man's existence. What does he say? He says, he dressed in purple and fine linen, purple being the color of the wealthy. He lived in luxury, and he did so every day. Now, as a sidebar to this account, realize that Jesus is not condemning the man for being rich. For most certainly, there are some rich people that are in heaven, and there is most certainly some poor people that are in hell. But he is condemning what, the, what riches have done to this man. For they have deformed his character and distorted his perception. Which way are we looking at that? They have distorted his perception. For to the point where the rich man no longer sees anyone but himself. He is all alone. There's no God above, no hell below. There's no one at his gate. Why, he is even oblivious to his brothers, his five brothers, who are also living in utter isolation. In a word, the rich man is living in hell long before judgment is visited upon him. Money cannot buy happiness, and for all his luxury, this rich man, he is a miserable man. What we have in, in the description of the rich man is a type. That is, he is a pure example of what a life turned in on itself looks like. Now for us in our daily living, we see shades and versions of this all the time. And if we are given the gift of the Spirit this morning, we recognize that the same influence is at work in us as well. For we smile but recognize May West's famous quote to be true. I've been rich and I've been poor. I'd rather be rich. Yep. 
However, as the people of God, we have been given a down payment. We have been given the down payment of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who has given us the gift of salvation through faith in Christ and bound us to him and his righteousness. It's too bad. It's too bad that as in that adoption as the children of God, he does not also remove from us the passions of this old sinful nature that still attach themselves to us. If truth be told, we struggle with these same passions. And perhaps some of us mightily so. For the clarion call of wealth, which is the call that the rich man has answered, it lurks for the, underneath the surface for all of us. It's always there. Regard, and I would say it's there regardless of our financial condition, regardless of where we find ourselves on the economic spectrum. Because it moves us. It moves us to buy the next lottery ticket, to live beyond our means, to covet what we do not have. So we do well this morning to recognize this temptation by seeing it in its pure form, in all of its glory, as depicted in this rich man. In such recognition, may we plead for forgiveness and repent of our sins so that our eyes would be opened, that we might see Lazarus at our gate, for he is there. Perception, it is reality, and it is only by having our eyes opened that we can see the world the way Jesus sees the world. So Jesus pulls back the curtain this morning, briefly. We're given the rare privilege to see the world the way he sees it. From his perspective, there is a seamlessness to his creation between that which is temporal and that which is eternal. A, a seamlessness that the natural man does not see. From his perspective, there is a significant difference. And that difference is this. Jesus' perspective is genuine reality. He sees, to be sure, what we see and perceive with our five senses but he sees so much more. Jesus sees the isolation of the rich man, and he sees the utter dependency of Lazarus. To be sure, his heart goes out to both of these individuals. But one of the two he sees no need for this compassion. The rich man is utterly oblivious to the eternal reality before him. But the other man, 
Lazarus. His hope is in the compassion of God. Why? Because quite frankly, he has nothing else to fall back on. And so it is in Lazarus, we're given another type. Just like the rich man was a type, so Lazarus is a type, a pure example, what a life that lives in utter dependency upon God looks like. Now you would say, that's what I want. But as we look at Lazarus, we don't like what we see. We don't like it because Lazarus has no security. He's reduced to begging. He's on the verge of starvation. He's covered with sores. And his only friend, his only friends are dogs who lick his wounds. And for all his perceived misery, Lazarus is a wealthy man. Why? Because he clearly sees his condition before God. We know what that condition is. We confess it. Do these words sound familiar? Poor, miserable sinner. Lazarus understands this. And so it is that he, of these two men, is the one who's been given a gift. He's been given a gift to see that condition in perfect clarity and to hope in God with complete dependency. Perhaps you're familiar with the old hymn, Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. And so it is that the gospel invitation this morning is twofold. We are to repent, that is, to see ourselves as the miserable rich man that we might turn our attention away from ourselves to see our neighbor, the neighbor in our midst, and we are to believe the good news that Jesus came to save us exactly because we are impoverished beggars who must totally rely upon him. To validate that message, Jesus embodied it. He became the beggar Lazarus. No home, no income, no security. Ridiculed, derided, abused, beaten, tormented, killed. To what end? Jesus endured the cross and scorned its shame, as the writer to the Hebrews says, for the joy set before him. And what was his joy? That the Lazaruses of every age 
might be carried by angels to Abraham's side and there to perceive with perfect clarity the grace of God in the face of Jesus. From Jesus' perspective, this hope, it is worth more than much fine gold, for it has the clarity of vision to see what total dependency upon God looks like. And so look at the eyes, for they are the window to the soul. We carry burdens that are far greater than we can handle. And we have needs that only God can provide. And so it is that I lift up my eyes to the hills For where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So what are our takeaways from the brief vision, the curtain being pulled back for us this morning? Well, there are probably many takeaways, but a few stand out for me. One, that there is a seamlessness to God's creation from time to eternity that we are gifted to see by faith. Another, yes, there is a literal heaven and a literal hell which will be revealed in perfect clarity, 2020 vision, in the day of our passing. That the word of God, it is a dependable guide revealing both the misery of our condition and the great hope that we have in Jesus. And as kind of a bonus, now is the day of salvation. For too soon, like new grass in the morning, we wither and dry and we fly away. When the curtain is pulled back for Dorothy, she she discovers that truth can be a bitter pill, at least until when? Until she discovers the power in her ruby slippers. It's a bitter pill for us to discover just how fouled we are with sin. But we too, like Dorothy, have been given a way of escape. And might I say, it's far better and more reliable than any pair of ruby slippers. For someone has risen from the dead and opened the way to eternal life. So thank you, Jesus, for the eyes to see the world as you see it. And give us your heart that in seeing Lazarus we might provide balm for his sores and nourishment for his body. For you see, we too have been given a gift.
the gift to peek behind the curtain. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the sermon from Christ Memorial. If you happen to be in St. Louis or live in St. Louis, we would love to meet you and have you join us for worship on Sunday. We are located in South County, St. Louis at 5252 South Lindbergh. We also have a city site called Reliant that is located on the St. Louis University Medical Campus in Crave Coffee House. You can find all of our worship times and information at cmstl.org or reliantchurch.org. Hope you have a good day, and remember, you are loved by God deeply through His Son, Jesus Christ, and you are sent with great purpose wherever you go. Have a good day.